This is Buzz Tank, a podcast elimination tournament where over 20 podcasts compete for one spot on the Buzzcast Network. I'm your host, President Island Franklin, and today on the premiere episode of Buzz Tank, we have three shows competing for a spot in the official tournament. Sour Grapes by Quack Maximum, Doughboy by Alex Fred 42069, and Handy Warhol's Hand by, you guessed it, Handy Warhol. I'm going to be straightforward with you. All three of these podcasts are excellent. They all deserve a spot in the official tournament. That's why, after hearing all three of these, I am implementing a Redemption House-style mini-tournament for any podcast that do get eliminated early on in Buzz Tank. That's right. Just because you advance doesn't mean you got a clear road ahead. And just because you're eliminated doesn't mean you're out. That's right. Just when you think you have all the answers, President Island Franklin changes the questions. Now enjoy the premiere episode of Buzz Tank. The daring duck adventurer, Quack Maximum, was on a solo exploration mission in his home dimension when he was pulled in and swallowed by a wormhole. Hurled across a chasm of space and time, he finds himself deposited outside a strange and unfamiliar planet. Earth. Quack ship, the Voyager, now stranded in a cloud of satellites high above the planet, uses the sophisticated equipment on board to instantly collect the data transmitted by humanity. His mission continues, cataloging the unknown universe and beyond, hoping with each transmission to find a way home. This is our race. Hey, computer. Yes, Captain. Upload this data to the panel. Of course. I'll access the database. What's this thing? Huh? Hey everybody, Quack here. I got something pretty interesting for you today. I heard some music bleeding through an open channel, so I had the computer grab- Yes, sir? Not right now. Thank you, but I'm trying to tell everybody about this thing. Sorry. Anyway, it's the California Raisins. You guys know about them? The California Raisins were created by Will Vinton Studios. Will Vinton being a prolific stop-motion animator, and 
the guy who coined the term claymation. Will's team had been tasked with creating a commercial campaign for the California Raisin Advisory Board, and they used their unique claymation process to bring the dried fruit to life. Where I'm from, you just bake raisins in bread, and then you eat the bread. I like bread. The first commercial, Simply Raisins singing and dancing to the hit I Heard It Through the Grapevine, proved to be so popular that it spawned a small empire of merchandise and the raisins attained the status of pop culture icons of the time. Commercials even included guest appearances by musicians like Ray Charles. and Michael Jackson, the king of pop himself. MJ seems to have had quite the affinity for the Raisins and sought out former collaborator Will Vinton to see if he could be part of the campaign. We were working with Michael Jackson on uh, his Moonwalker thing and then also um, had done a little bit of stuff. So I'd gotten acquainted with him uh, a little bit and this is at the top of Michael's career. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a good story, but I'm, I'm just working at the studio in Portland and um, my assistant comes in and Michael wants to talk. I'm, I'm in a conference. Michael wants to talk to you. My assistant says, um, okay, well, tell him I'll call him right back, you know, as soon as I get out of this meeting. And uh, he, uh, <laughs> and it, my assistant's kind of insistent that, that, oh, he really wants to talk to me right now. Like really, really urgent, had really something important. So, okay, well, let me take a break. So I went and talked talk to him for, for a little bit and I realized after a bit, we're just like shooting the breeze on, on just small talk. And uh, you know, I hadn't yet figured out what he was fishing for until we kind of got onto the subject of the California raisins. And yeah, the California raisins are really cool. Well, we got to do something like that, you know? And, and I finally said, I finally just directly said, Michael, let's make you a California raisin. Yeah. Michael was so enamored with the idea, he even insisted on helping to develop the personalities of the surrounding raisins in the commercial depicting himself. The rap raisins materializing behind me, um, I wanted to define their character. And as far as expression, which is 99% of it, um, the one guy has the glasses, and he has a type of attitude that he's so cool that I'm fortunate that he's here, and he's much too cool for it, like one of these. And the other one is like a sar sarcasm. It's like, what you looking at? The other raising would be this style, no glasses, so his eyes it's, it's most of the expression, like. Like that. And, and, and we'll keep, keep these guys still until they do the hurt it, hurt it, hurt it. And they should pretty much be still once they do hurt. Hurt it! You know, hurt it! Like that. Very serious like. 
the Raisins were a runaway hit. In the following years, the California-born sensation would appear as mascots for post-Raisin brand cereal, in the Emmy award-winning A Claymation Christmas, in the Emmy-nominated Meet the Raisins mockumentary, and release four studio albums. But the tune that caught my ear is from the 1989 animated cartoon The California Raisin Show. It was a Saturday morning cartoon that retained the creative direction of Will Vinton and even included him as an executive producer. It really seems like they tried their hardest to keep a cohesive image of the raisins across all platforms. You know, out of all the data I've archived up here, I think cartoons are one of my favorites. Definitely top five. There's just something about animation that makes me feel happy. I don't know what it is. And this is another from Murakami Wolf Swinson Productions, or MWS. You might know them best for the 1987 series, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but they also made the Toxic Crusaders and the James Bond Jr. animated series. James Bond Jr. You see, the advisory board knew the best way to hook kids on anything in the 1980s was through cartoons. The Saturday morning cartoon landscape was absolutely brimming with commercial opportunities. It wouldn't be until 1991 and the passage of the Children's Television Act in the United States that would bring in limitations for the amount of commercials that could be shown during children's television shows and also required both educational programming and a strict monitoring and publishing of reports and summaries regarding their adherence to these new regulations. A curious new rule was the prohibition of host selling and advertisements for anything related to the currently airing program. Surely that was something easy enough to work around with the increase in home television viewership and children's programming blocks in the morning, afternoons, and weekends. In 1996, regulations would tighten even further, requiring at least three hours of educational programming per week. This was the death knell for the Saturday morning cartoon. Broadcast channels were already beginning to struggle for airspace against 24-hour children's cable programming. The three-ish hours of Saturday morning cartoons were quickly excised. Street Sharks, Rude Dog, and Pee-wee's Playhouse quickly gave way to episodes of Saved by the Bell, the new class, that had a flimsy justification for how they were an emotionally educational program. And soon, that was just golf. But hey, Tiger Woods got pretty big right after that. That's something, right? People had fun watching him. Oh my goodness! Luckily, that's all at the end of the Saturday morning cartoon story. The California Raisins lived the bulk of their lives at the peak of programming. You hadn't made it in the 70s, 80s, or 90s unless you had your own cartoon. Mr. T, Jackson 5, Muhammad Ali, Kid and Play, Louis Anderson, Ace Ventura, John Candy, Ed Grimley, Howie Mandel, Roseanne Barr, Jackie Chan, Gary Coleman, Hulk Hogan, The Globetrotters, 
Chuck Norris, MC Hammer, Super Dave, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson, Andre 3000, Punky Brewster, Macaulay Culkin, Beetlejuice, Keanu Reeves, Pat Morita, Sylvester Stallone, Willie Shatner, John Lovitz, Kevin Smith. Hell, if you didn't have your own series, you could at least be on Scooby-Doo. And the California Raisins can say for a decent chunk of this period, they were on top. The animated series further expands on the world established in the commercials and television specials. Along for the ride is the Raisins' dopey but trusty manager, Rudy Begerman. He's a rutabaga. We're gonna see a lot of that sort of pun over the series. Each episode follows the Raisins as they fall into some sort of trouble, but don't worry, they're sure to find a way to sing and dance their way out of it. Maybe one to three times per episode even. That sound means I'm headed on the dark side. Ah, I'm gonna lose my comm link for a while. When I'm back online, we're diving into episode one, the apple raisin style. If you want to check in or keep up, you can find me at Quack Maximum on Twitter, Twitch, and Patreon. Catch you guys when I'm back in the light. on the raisins in their condo. Two of the raisins are on a balcony, choreographing a new dance. The other raisins are both in the The Scotch Bonnet is a pepper with a heat rating of 100,000 to 350,000 Scoville units, almost 50 times hotter than a jalapeno. While it has long been a staple of Caribbean cuisine, it has become one of the more popular hot peppers to be scooped up by chain restaurants and hot sauce manufacturers alike in the search for extreme heat, along with its contemporaries, the ghost pepper and the habanero. On Tuesday, August 25th, 2020, McDonald's announced that for the first time in 40 years, they'll be offering a new flavor of McNugget the spicy, available nationwide in the United States. In Canada, instead of spicy McNuggets, McDonald's has announced their awful Get Your Spice Face On challenge, offering up a spicy, spicier, and spiciest McChicken sandwich. Today on Doughboy, I tackle the spicier Scotch Bonnet McChicken sandwich. Welcome to Doughboy, a podcast about indigestion. I'm your host, Alex Fred 42069. 
Initially, when President Island Franklin announced me as an alternate for Buzz Tank, I was going to go with the Spicy Habanero McChicken Sandwich, which is a ringer for gut rot and instant indigestion. However, that night, a vision of Ray Kroc appeared to me in a dream. He told me he's a big fan of Buzz Tank, and if he was still alive today, he'd be signing every single podcast to the Buzzcast Network. He also told me that if I waited a week, he'd pull a few strings from beyond the grave and relaunch the awful get-your-spice-face-on challenge for McDonald's Canada. Now, when it comes to spice, I am a big fan, um, but as I've grown a little older, the knockout wings have been replaced with Zantax and Rolades and Tums, and I'm a big fan of the Scotch Bonnet Pepper. A few years ago, after I moved out of my parents' house, I was in my basement apartment making a pizza sauce that called for Scotch Bonnet, and I thought, hey, I've never eaten one of these before. So I ate one raw, and I enjoyed a 45-minute spell on the ground of hiccuping, burping, and wishing I was dead. Since that day, I've learned nothing. Um, it shook me briefly, but I still went ahead and made the pizza sauce, and it was great. Um, while cooking it, I accidentally ate some more raw scotch bonnet because I'm a dum-dum. And uh, out loud to myself in my apartment, I said, oh no, not again, and then enjoyed another brief spell of extreme pain. But that was real spice, not fast food spice. You know, anytime uh, a Popeyes comes out with a ghost pepper wing or a spicy sandwich, it means that they've made a powder that has, you know, 1% ghost pepper in it. It's not really spicy. And... Uh, spoiler alert, the McDonald's spicy, uh, spicier scotch bonnet sandwich, not really spicy. It's just your standard McChicken sandwich with lettuce on the sesame bun, but they've added a creamy scotch bonnet sauce, which is basically just a spicy mayo. Uh, this isn't the first time that McDonald's has done the spicy McChicken. Last year they had the jalapeno, uh, the habanero, and then the ghost pepper, which they released every couple weeks, and nobody really cared. So they're doing it again, and they have the same terrible tagline, get your spice face on, which doesn't make any sense to anybody. Uh, nobody really has a spice face. It's kind of like the Wendy's eating a spicy chicken sandwich like a boss commercial that everybody really loved and no one made fun of, and this is no different. Uh, I'm sure you can find a bunch of people on YouTube sitting in their cars reviewing these sandwiches, saying that they've got a lot of zing or something, but uh, it's really, it's not much. Uh, I have had the spicy habanero sandwich, and it did give me extreme indigestion uh, twice, and so I was going to use that as my ringer for Buzz Tank, but then they announced the spicier one, and I thought, you know what? Yeah, let's go for it. It can't be much worse. But that was very naive of me. Then we'll get to it. But while I was doing research for this episode, because I'm a very well-storied and researched man, I did find that McDonald's India, two years ago, did a similar campaign called What's Your Spice Fest, where they announced uh, a bird's-eye chili burger called the McSpicy Burger. And then I kind of just fell down this rabbit hole of Indian McDonald's commercials and promotional videos because they basically have three types. 
They have the weird, creepy, happy meal animations, which we're all big fans of. They have regular commercials. Um, and then they also just have this series where it's just head on with diners while they talk about how incredible the different burgers are. And I spent, uh, you know, maybe an hour on that doing my research. I watched a couple of uh, great mukbang videos, uh, which were depressing. I watched uh, McDonald's secrets that they don't want you to know about. I watched how they make the big burger paste and how they make the big nugget paste. Uh, and then I also saw a few million videos, which were just people with their face in front of food in the thumbnail. And I didn't really care to go into that. And uh, shout out to probably the worst YouTube channel that I haven't watched, but I refuse to based on the thumbnails, uh, Granny McDonald, which appears to be a person in a fake old lady wig pretending to be old in a McDonald's, which is a great idea. Wish that I had pitched that um, for Buzz Tank, and hopefully President Franklin can sign this woman immediately because that is a killer idea. So the sandwich. Like I said before, it's your standard McChicken. It's on a bun. It has lettuce. And then it just has this creamy Scotch bonnet sauce on it, uh, which is just mayonnaise with a little bit of heat added. Um, my burger looked awful. It looked like it had been deflated, but I did get it delivered. So, I, you know, my mistake, my mistake. And the sandwich was actually pretty tasty. Uh, it definitely wasn't spicy, but it had a little bit of uh, a little bit of zing, a little pep. You know, I gotta go out, sit in my car, do a review quick. But I know you sickos aren't here to hear about the sandwich. No, you care about the aftermath. And let me tell you, it was instant. Before I even finished the sandwich, I felt that familiar pressure, known only as the McBrick. Panicked, I rushed to my closet and grabbed my tums and popped a few of those because I assume my stomach looked like that scene in Osmosis Jones where they're all rushing to try to hit that big button, but the other way. I won't get into the details, because I know that's what you sickos want, but I will say that the workers in my tummy factory uh, were on an immediate strike. It was absolutely terrible. That sandwich ripped through me like a knife through butter, and I spent the next several hours in and out of the bathroom moaning and groaning, and laying face down on my couch, hoping that somehow that would help. Here on Doughboy, we like to rate our experiences based on zero to five Rolades, zero being the best, and entering that dish into the Porcelain Bowl Club. And unfortunately, the spicier Scotch Bonnet McChicken gets a five out of five. Yes, that's bad. That's not good. It's like golf, if you could get a zero in golf. But, to be honest, I'd probably eat it again. And uh, in, in two weeks, I'm going to go after the, uh, the next sandwich in the line, the spiciest ghost pepper McChicken sandwich, which is just the same thing, but I guess they added more spice. And that's really the downfall of the Get Your Spice Face On challenge, apart from being called Get Your Spice Face On, is that the sandwiches are just the, your standard McChicken patty, spicy mayo, lettuce. Back before I was a big-time podcasting and Bug TV Plus star, uh, I worked at McDonald's. And back then, we had a sandwich called the Southwest Crispy Chicken Sandwich, 
which was pretty much the same thing. It was just a, a, a breaded chicken breast uh, with lettuce. It had tomato. Um, it had a jalapeno Monterey Jack cheese, and it was on a nice toasted ciabatta bun. And that really just made the difference, you know? It made it more of a premium sando instead of this depressing McChicken garbage. But what do I know, you know? I'm just a, a dummy that knows that he can't take spice and then eats spicy food and then suffers for it uh, for entertainment. And that's what it's really all about, you know? It's not about the time we spend on the toilet, it's about the friends that we make along the way. And with that touching, touching sentiment, this has been Doughboy. I've been Alex Fred for 2069. You can find me on Twitter at AlexFred42069. You can find me on Twitch at AlexFred69420, just to mix it up a little bit. And on Instagram at AlexFredPainting. Also, stay tuned for my upcoming Bug TV Plus series with Amy Smoot. I'm going to be doing some painting, and she's going to be doing some bug themed pottery making videos. Uh, which I have no idea how to do, so I'm excited to learn while we go. A big thank you to Island Franklin, the president, as well as everyone at BuzzCast for giving us this opportunity. Um, good luck to everybody in the Buzz Tank, and thank you to Goodbye Arthropods for providing uh, the theme song for this podcast, Moot Point. Check them out, bandcamp.com slash goodbyearthropods. Bye! Welcome to Andy Warhol's Hand, a podcast hosted by me, Andy Warhol, artiste, provocateur, genius, businessman, and lover of all things hand-related. I welcome you tonight to spend a few minutes with me as I discuss the wonderful and beautiful world of the hand. that our human lineage began when a group of chimpanzee-like apes began to throw rocks and swing clubs at enemies. J.R. Napier, God bless his perverted British soul, was the first to identify the fundamental hand grips, the precision grip and the power grip. So let's think about it. Our, our hands have evolved over thousands of years to become the most beautiful, and destructive appendages in this known world. Okay, so what I want you to do is I want you to place your hand, your right hand, directly in front of your face. This is a little bit of a, uh, this is podcast participation time right now. So what you're going to do is you're going to walk with your hand in front of your face. Far enough away that you can still see it. And then close your eyes. Palm upright. Close your eyes. And now open your eyes. Open your eyes, world. Look at your hand. See your hand. Experience it. The way the small veins intertwine below your skin, pumping blood throughout your hand. 
all the very tiny tips, all the way up to the tiny tips of your fingers. The color of your hand, it changes in spots. It grows lighter, then darker sometimes. It's very fascinating. Ah, yes, let's introduce our, our, our guests tonight. Our guests tonight are the fingers. Ah, the fingers. All five of them there, if you're lucky. I've met men who've been missing digits on their hands, and it's brought me, it's brought me close to tears. To lose one of your great assets, it truly is a shame. Let us first start with the most diminutive of the fingers, the pinky finger. Or as some call it, the baby finger. I once had a girlfriend who always wore a pinky ring. No other ring, she only just wore that one little pinky ring, a little small silver pinky ring. It was quite adorable. This thing is also, you know, this finger is also quite handy. <laughs> That's my name, Handy Warhol. Uh, but clean out your ears of excess wax, or cleaning out your nose of excess buggers. It is, it's, it's quite, uh, quite the little finger there. It packs a punch. Next up is the ring finger. I was married briefly, and let me tell you, it was not a pleasant experience. But it was productive in regards to my art. I really do believe that. Stress can be a great motivator. The Romans coined the term, in all their infinite wisdom, they thought that the fourth finger was connected directly to the heart by a vein called the vein of love. Very creative there, in the naming. Mm -hmm. Let us also recall that the Romans used their hands to crucify and torture Jesus Christ. Ring Finger is also an excellent Nine Inch Nails song from their first record, Pretty Hate Machine. Ah, the middle finger. Yes, this is the, this is the great insult of our time. And to count the many times I've been quote-unquote flipped the bird. Oh boy, I can't keep track. According to some, it is one of the most ancient insult gestures known to man. The middle finger is the penis, and the two fingers beside it are the balls. So it is kind of a, uh, it's like a phallic gesture towards uh, someone that may have wronged you. A German man once told me that in Germany, no one flips each other off. If you really want to piss somebody off, you, you tap your temple with your, with your pointer finger at them. I, I think about that from time to time. I've never been to Germany, but I, I do hear it's nice there. Ah, the pointer finger. A powerful finger. When your wife is screaming at you, she's using the pointer finger in her hand to point in your face and scream at you. 
about an affair with uh, with your with your nanny, which you know did not happen. That that uh, that did not happen. Uh, the, this finger is also often used in conjunction with the thumb to make finger guns. A very very culturally important symbol in uh, you know in our in our modern age. It's also, you know, it's quite useful in pleasing your uh, sexual partner in a uh, myriad of different ways. But it's really not that kind of show. I don't like to get horny on here, but uh, yeah, that's, you know, it must be mentioned. The thumb. Some say it is not a finger, but I say bollocks to that. It is a dang finger. It's a finger, okay. You know, from hitching rides to testing pies. This thing is, you know, it's an admirable character on the hand. Because of its sheer dexterity, it can work, you know, it can touch every single finger on your hand. Making it, you know, a very core part. You know, it is, it's, it's just so incredibly useful. Oh well, yeah, the producer is, he's sliding this paper over to me, he says it looks like our time is up, so I must bid you Bid you good night. And I will see you next time on Handy Worlds. Yeah.